So it's 2022 and we still don't have banking available in the cannabis space. But New Mexico Credit Union is the first in the nation to set up protocols for cannabis banking. And yet Visa is pushing back on cashless ATMs. It's going to be illegal uh, and extinct. We're going to talk about that as well as the marijuana banking legislation that was stripped from a federal defense bill all coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So if you've been following banking, you may know that uh, out in Colorado, uh, Colorado Credit Union has been um, really kind of the dominant um, trailblazer for Safe Harbor Financial and, and banking and everything. So they've really put together uh, a solid package They've been really slow and added just a, a, a very small amount of people every year to uh, their book of business. They charge an outrageous amount to be able to bank with them uh, for convenience. But Mexico is going to be um, one of the first. So their attorney general just announced that uh, their Eagle Federal Credit Union is going to be a financial institution uh, and first in the country to be certified for monetary banking protocols in cannabis and hemp operations. So that certification is part of a, a program run by the Policy Center for Public Health and Safety in collaboration with state attorney generals. So they're hoping, they're saying that the cannabis industry is gonna explode in New Mexico and it's important to have banking safeguards. Well, yeah, uh, it always explodes, but um, New Mexico is probably only going to get between 11 and 15 million a month. Let's be real. Like 155 million a year is really all they should be uh, anticipating in New Mexico. Not going to get a whole lot of tourism um, because, well, they might actually from, uh, from Texas. So East coast uh, of the East border of um, New Mexico will definitely get some traffic, but once you have federal legalization, you know, what kind of tourism does New Mexico have? Let's be real. Um, but it is a good start. So I'm back to emphasizing the, the good parts about allowing um, trailblazers like Colorado and Eagle Federal Credit Union to um, push through is because you're going to lose your charter. Credit union or banking charter um, is... Uh, is risky. So a lot of people don't do that. So they're going to do a lot of compliance. Um, the FinCEN guidelines and everything is going to just be right, right in line with, uh, with what they're doing to, to avoid losing a bank charter. So streamlining the depository options. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of smiling and laughing because this is money. They're drooling over the aspect of getting way more than normal businesses and cannabis companies don't have an option. It's like there's exclusivity until DeFi comes in. Once decentralized finance comes in, these dinosaurs like Bank of America, like good luck getting people like me to go to traditional banking when they drag their feet and charge us the whole time. I have no loyalty. I'm going to just drop them in a heartbeat as fast as I can, as soon as I can. I'm I've worked with them. I'm tired of it. Uh, and I'm going to be really looking forward to other opportunities. And I will penalize them as a result of screwing over cannabis and individuals and businesses forever. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not an entrepreneur or you don't have really close attention to your banking. There's probably fees all over the place and it's really annoying. Uh, but that's a podcast for another day. 
what um, New Mexico wants to do, streamline depository options and charge a ton of money for that. They're going to monitor her. They're going to monitor your activities very closely. So when they talk about uh, KYC, it's not just knowing your customer, it's knowing your customer's customer. So talk about, um, I'm, just listen to this. This is great. They're going to digitize your financial transactions at the highest level to increase transparency. I'm putting that in quotes because really they just want to spy on you, on you and find out what you're doing. They're going to ensure records are thorough, easily navigated, readily available to fill law enforcement demands and subpoenas. Great. Sign me up. That sounds awesome. Joining a network of cannabis banking financial institutions that'll share and develop best practices. Uh-huh. Uh, no, actually, that sounds more like in Europe where, um, you know, their, their police force kind of works with everybody and is open to penalize you, not to keep you safe. All right. That's how they, that's how they always push these things is like, oh, this is, this is best practices. You know, yeah, we're going to share a network to assist each other with safety and soundness, man. Come on. They're going to create a transparent environment of all activities with examiners, auditors, and other parties to work with the financial institutions to build comfort and understanding. Wow. Come on, y'all. If, <laughs> oh man, come on. Uh, they're going to monitor cannabis clients to ensure they're integrally prepared to, to prevent or implicate any enforcement priorities previously recorded in the Cole memo. Oh, I feel so safe after reading this. Monitoring all activities of personnel involved in the compliance program to ensure full compliance to keep you safe. Um, there aren't a whole lot of options. The ATMs are in there. That's great. What they're um, I've seen some stores that are allowing like debit card style transactions, basically cash ATM and a debit card transaction are essentially, uh, you wouldn't know the difference on the back end. There is a difference on the front end from the consumer standpoint, no difference. So, um, visa is finding out that more and more of these companies are using kind of, um, but they're probably using different names, you know, like when I look at, when I used to have that option, uh, before you know, Washington State companies stopped doing this. It, on my bill, I would see, you know, some kind of random store, and I was like, "Wait a second, I didn't go there." And then I realized, oh, that was the dispensary I went to. They're just using a completely different store name. A lot of these, um, uh, you know, Visa's catching on, right? So a lot of these companies are going to have to either just go directly to a, um, a a cash ATM or suffer the consequences. So Visa's warned uh, banks and others about the misuse of cashless ATMs. So a lot of these dispensary executives are going to be forced to revert to cash only sales or, um, you know, real ATM cash ATM cards. So I've kind of said in the past that as soon as federal banking is available, a lot of these just uh, intermediaries are going to go to the wayside having worked in traditional banking, I can tell you that the more accounts you have with one uh, institution, financial institution or bank, credit union, whatever, the less likely it is that they're going to go elsewhere. So why would you, uh, if you had banking and you know your personal and business account and a, maybe a safe deposit box and a, um, a treasury account and all these other different accounts, why would you still use a payment processor? So I, in the past, I've said that all of these payment processing systems are going to just crumble 
in the um, in the event of federal legalization. And I've asked a lot of people in the industry, and most of them feel like that's the case. They'll kind of maybe some of them might pivot to stay relevant. Most of them will go away. But if the banks are charging this much, then uh, maybe some of those companies will stay around longer than they should until DeFi kicks in. Once the decentralized finance comes in and destroys these guys um, by undercutting them and offering better service at a lower price, there's no competition to that. Or we Hardly anybody goes into a brick and mortar anyways. So I'm um, not really sure that you're going to pay a premium for that. So when you have Visa pushing back and banks charging you too much, you're going to look for the next best thing, right? And uh, it's out there. It's going to be probably more virtual than, than in person, and which kind of sucks if you need money. Um, but, you know, credit unions, a lot of credit unions are, are cashless. You just have to deposit that into an ATM. Um, so I think there's going to be some alternatives. I don't necessarily think I'm changing my mind about at the moment legalization happens that all of these payment processing systems are going to go, you know, bankrupt as people flood to banking. But given how, um, how much they charge and how invasive it is, I'm no longer that confident that they're all going to go out of business. I think there's some competition to that now. Um, companies like Hyper, you know, and all these other um, companies I said, we're going to be around long-term. Uh, they may still be competitive because of, of the pricing, right? Price and convenience. It's more convenient to be a bank, but if it costs too much, they're not going to do it. So I think people will pivot to um, ATMs before they, you know, move to a, a more expensive option. Two former executives at Ease, uh, it's the Snoop Dogg investment um, for delivery. They were, um, they were, tricking banks into processing credit card payments. And so they were convicted and are uh, expecting criminal charges. So with seven to 8,000 cannabis stores alone using something similar to, um, to this, they don't anticipate that there's going to be criminal charges placed, but everyone's basically been given a courtesy notice and, uh, those that are more compliant are going to change first. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that these concerns are overblown. Um, you don't necessarily want to mess with banking regulators. They're not very kind and they don't forget. So what do you guys do? If you have one, you got to pivot. Um, several replacement options already on the market to replace cashless ATMs and allow cannabis shops to accept debit cards. Um, other companies are arrow payments and can pay. I don't know. Why not? Why not just get an ATM with cash in it? <laughs> it just seems like a better, a better play. Um, so using cashless ATMs, you guys just should consult an attorney, other potential outcomes to be avoided at all costs and getting blacklisted by Visa. That's right. That's, um, that's, not, that's not what you want to do because when federal legalization happens, like I said, they don't forget. When banks don't forget, if you ever foreclose or default on anything, man, they, do, they never forget. You are 86 for like life. <laughs> So you don't want to be blacklisted. So I want to talk about how the um, banking legislation was stripped from the federal defense bill. But first, I want to just kind of reiterate that 
um, over 19 year period from 1990 to 2009, a ton of banks here on the left side, um, there's maybe 50 banks there. And now when you go to the right, there's four. So on the left, that's 1990, you know, when you have Travelers Corp and Citicorp and uh, Washington Mutual and, um, you know, Summit Bank or Merrill Lynch, Wachovia, you remember some of these? You don't have them anymore. All you have within a 19-year period is four left. City, Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. That's it. So you don't really want to mess with banks. Um, this is a, a cartel. Every single bank reports to the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland. So every single bank is a part of the Federal Reserve. They are members of the Federal Reserve and the, all of the Federal Reserve report to the BIS, Bank of International Settlements. This is a cartel, the banking cartel. U.S. federal government or taxpayers pay 6% to the Federal Reserve for simply printing our currency. Every single time we pay that annually, 6%. There's no way you can ever repay that because it's just printed into existence and you can't pay 6% of something that doesn't exist. Anyways, point is don't mess with the banks there's simply no love for cannabis banking industry wants to drag this on for a really long time so there was this national defense something act ndaa was the name of it um and it was a a defense bill and they wanted to put in cannabis banking and that was stripped um you know for whatever reason to get it passed you know essentially <laughs> and there's enough pushback so safe banking act uh, kind of that key for financial systems for cannabis companies removed from the omnibus defense spending bill, shattering all hopes for this year for any kind of reform. Um, Colorado rep was the one who uh, confirmed that the safe banking legislation was removed. And um, the National Defense Authorization Act was amended. And uh, yeah. So the Senate is trying to bury um, kind of any opportunity for reform for the outdated cannabis laws. And, um, you know, the, the rep out of Colorado is trying to say that uh, it's far from over and he's going to pursue every possible angle to get the safe banking law signed and um, said that he was disappointed. So there are some uh, Democratic senators like Cory Booker has said that he's going to oppose the safe banking before uh, something like the Moore Act. So Congress wants, the first thing that they want is to take precedence uh, for anybody whose lives have been impacted by the racially motivated drug war. So the Moore Act being the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expunge Act, that's going to end the criminalization of cannabis for adults at the federal level and remove it from the list of drugs as a controlled substance. So they want anybody who's been affected, imprisoned, whatever, they want that first. So rather than allowing people to profit or benefit off of it first, they want people who've been impacted negatively to, to pass that first. So um, there's also the Cannabis Administrative and Opportunities Act, CAOA. It's going to remove cannabis from the list of controlled substances, impose a federal excise tax, and then have federal agent agencies develop regulations um, the State's Reform Act will remove cannabis from the list of federally controlled substances and um, preserve states' rights for the possession, use, sale, and distribution, manufacturing, delivery, or any activities within its own borders. 
that I could see happening right away, kicking the can down at the federal level and saying, whatever the states do, that's cool. Feds won't do anything. And then we can get the Safe Banking Act maybe at the federal level so that we can at least have multi-state operators be able to um, not have all of these different in-state credit unions. Uh, you just can't right now transfer money across borders without a lot of implications. So it's pretty, it's pretty screwed up. So the Safe Banking Act would impact the ability on the federal regulators to allow depository financial institutions that are dealing with legal cannabis businesses, prohibit regulators from terminating or, or limiting deposits or insurance for those financial institutions so that you couldn't lose your uh, banking charter or a credit union license, whatever that's called. <laughs> um, so I get it. Uh, it feels a little bit like um, political posturing or virtue signaling. I don't really think they care about that. I think they want re-election and they definitely want more money from lobbyists and um, they see the tax money and all of that. So we're going to get it. It's just going to take a really long time um, as you know, the industry takes a, a step forward with New Mexico allowing for um, uh, credit union protocols for cannabis banking and yet Visa taking a couple of steps back for uh, warning that you can't use this debit card feature until the Safe Banking Act passes, but yet the feds pull any ability for us to have federal defense spending um, or uh, to allow us to have banking because they pulled it from this defense spending bill. But if you've been watching the talking hedge, it's probably nothing new uh, to be expected, right? So we're just gonna have to come back and, and find out what happens. With that, we're gonna roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid, this is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe or don't and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.